1: from MPB Think Radio. This is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill. Unfortunately, the lady auto mechanic was not available, but uh, I'm here, sort of here to steer you in the right direction. We have a special guest on today. It's Major John Polis from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. We're going to learn all sorts of uh, secrets and tips that everybody should know. So ble- please be sure to listen uh, the whole hour. We're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. So we're not taking your calls, but we did have some emailed questions from listeners and some Facebook questions. So we have lots to talk about. I am so thankful that you're with us, Major John Polis from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. We hope all Mississippians uh, drive safely today and always. Welcome to AutoCorrect, Major Polis.
0: Well, Liz, thanks for having me. It's it's an honor to be here.
1: Well. We, I know that there's always a holiday enforcement period, and for Thanksgiving, sometimes they have uh, cute little code names. Does this one have a, a name?
0: Well, for the 2020 Thanksgiving holiday enforcement period, we do not have a, what we call an official campaign. We usually launch those uh, during Christmas and New Year's, but our message is always the same, and it's just Practice safe driving, and just make it from point A to point B.
1: Well, and, and we th- certainly hope that that this year, folks, won't be <laughs> point A to point B. Will be um, will be uh, pretty pretty short. How long is the uh, enforcement period for the Thanksgiving er- t- time period?
0: Well, we actually started the enforcement period at 12:01 a.m. today. And it will run through the holiday weekend and will conclude at midnight on Sunday.
1: And has has anyone been predicting, do you think there'll be less fatalities since folks are encouraged to stay home for the holidays?
0: Well, unfortunately, for the 2019 Thanksgiving period, we had 10 fatalities that the Mississippi Highway Patrol investigated. Now, that is on state federal highways and interstate systems within Mississippi. Uh, and, and I've been doing this a long time, Liz. As a matter of fact, I've been keeping numbers, the statistics throughout the holiday periods for almost 12 years. And to have 10 fatalities uh, throughout a holiday period, that was, that was the first for me. We do not want to have that happen for this holiday period, so we're asking for some really good responsible decisions by the motoring public.
1: Excellent. Okay. Well, what about a, a peak? Do you have enforcement? Do you have the the names for the Christmas or New Year's yet?
0: Oh no. And what we do with that? We sit down and and, and we just look at certain information. We look at crash information. We can tell if there's an increase or a decrease in the amount of crashes that we that we actually investigate. And we just we we have a little board that. Gets together and we come up with the slogans for the holiday campaigns.
1: Fantastic. Well, we we certainly hope that everyone is um, extra careful on thanksgiving and you know don't don't get don't get out if you don't need to that's this person's opinion we had some emails um we would hoped to have you on another date and we had some people send in some emails and we also had on allison allison walker the lady auto mechanic who's my co-host um she had put up on her facebook page asking folks for some questions we got some serious ones and we got some silly ones One of the serious ones was, uh, enjoy your show. I understand the show guest today is from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. My question, is there a Mississippi law that pertains to dump gravel trucks having to cover their loads when traveling on public roads? If so, who is responsible for issuing tickets? When the truck has a sign written on the tailgate saying no pushing or stay back 100 feet, does this relieve the truck operator of any legal responsibility? In DeSoto County, a county experiencing incredible growth, 100% of uncovered dump gravel trucks travel the roads daily, spilling their loads, causing many broken windshields. Is there a law and operators can be ticketed that seems like a revenue stream for someone? So you did a little investigating on this one, didn't you?
0: Oh, I did. And we do have a law. This law has been in place for a long time. When it comes to uh, trucks or trailers that are operating on the roadways that are carrying any type of sand, dirt, gravel, or rock, they shall be equipped with a portfolio. Canvas or other such <clears throat> covers, and they have to be secured over the top of the trailer. That is to prevent a lot of the debris, which most of the time is rocks that come out of the trailers. And we know that a lot of people encounter cracked windshields. So there is a law uh, in place for that. Now, the people who can enforce that. Uh, If you see a vehicle that's driving down the roadway and we have this issue with rocks or sand coming out of the back of the trailer, you can dial 911 and the appropriate law enforcement officer will respond. It could be a Mississippi Department of Transportation um, uh, um, enforcement officer. It could be the Mississippi Highway Patrol motor carrier unit um, that will respond and, and try to address the situation. But again, there is a law in place. Uh, that protects motorists while they're traveling if they, if they encounter a vehicle that that's, has rocks or any type of debris coming out of the trailer.
1: I love MPB when it gives people information that that they need to know. And on today's AutoCorrect, we've got Major John Polis from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. We're not able to take your calls, but we have some questions from listeners who sent them in. Uh, one was asked on Facebook, the, um, John says My question is what do they do? I rarely see them because I'm on surface streets What's the day in the life of a state patrolman And how does it differ from a sheriff's deputy Or municipal police? How do they help other jurisdictions? Do they? So I know that Thanksgiving Y'all are probably a little bit different What, what do y'all normally do uh, from day to day?
0: Well, let me tell you what the mission of Mississippi Highway Patrol is. It is to enact its motto of courtesy, service, and safety in maintaining law and order within the state of Mississippi. We also promote safe operations of motor vehicles by enforcing enforcing the legally established rules of the road. We assist local law enforcement agencies with criminal and other vi- investigations, and we also provide and maintain um, state-issued li- li- state license and dialysis So, there's a lot uh, that we are responsible for. You will mainly see road enforcement state troopers on state highways, U.S. highways, and the interstate systems. That is our main focus. There are times when the local departments ask us to come in and assist. You will see the Mississippi Highway Patrol, uh, for example, on a county road or, or, or maybe within the city, but that's when we are requested. The main mission, again, is to enforce laws, traffic laws on state highways, U.S. highways, and interstate systems.
1: And, you know, Mississippi certainly, you know, has lots of them, and especially with it being a, a rural state, lots of folks, you know, travel on um, on little highways.
0: You're exactly right, and we have a lot of other divisions that's within the Highway Patrol too. Uh, when it comes to assisting uh, agencies throughout the state, we have our SWAT team uh, that just that responds statewide. They're they used uh, pretty frequently. We have the Special Operations Group uh, that you know they respond to national dis- uh, natural disasters whenever other agencies request. Uh, Assistance. We have our motorcycle team uh, that do a lot of enforcement throughout on our roadways throughout the state. Uh, We have the public affairs division, uh, which I'm the director of, and the PAOs do a fantastic job of going out and educating students in high schools. Uh, We we go to universities. Uh, and we just, we basically get information out there and educate the motoring public about the importance of safe driving. So MHC is responsible for a lot of things. And we also have the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, which is, 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 is an entity of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. Uh, they, they do some very, very complicated work throughout the state when it comes to officer-involved shootings. Uh, Again, they assist local law enforcement agencies uh, when they're requested. So, again, MHC is responsible for a lot of things within the state of Mississippi.
1: We are talking with Major John Polos from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. Is your car under recall? We'll tell you what to do if it is. You are listening to autocorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker.
1: Slowly, we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll
0: stop traffic, grab one out of the road.
1: And then our friends found out, and our vet would call
0: us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker.
1: We are now a full-fledged, nonprofit turtle rescue.
0: You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast
1: your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school really cool back in the day but that old car is still cool when you donate it to mpb think radio go to mpbonline.org for details then sit back and enjoy the ride now that's cool You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic who is usually here but couldn't be here today. I'm Liz Gill, and if you want even more AutoCorrect, I hope you'll find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. For the week, there's only one recall, but man, it's a doozy. GM to recall 5.9 million suv and pickups for takata airbag inflators so you should be getting some information if you have a gm vehicle tons millions and millions of cars have been uh, being recalled with these airbags but we'll have more information on our website and you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the national highway traffic safety administration's website which is nhtsa.gov slash recall, and inputting your VIN number. <laughs> you could also find their Safer Car app to put in your information, then you'll be notified. We're talking today with Mississippi Highway Patrol Officer John Major John Polis. Uh, we're not taking your calls today because it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Major Polis, Everybody knows you're supposed to wear a seatbelt. What are reasons people give for not wearing them if, uh, you know, if, if, if they tell you?
0: Well, uh, the, I think every officer out there has heard just about every excuse in the world uh, of why they don't wear or choose not to I think one of the biggest ones for me uh, making traffic stops is that uh, th- they feel like they're crashed, they can survive a crash. Um, say, for example, if, if you're involved in a head-on collision or a side collision, uh, I've had some people feel that they could actually be trapped uh, when, when they can't get the seatbelt off to get out of the vehicle, for example, if it catches on fire. Are are the same thing, if the vehicle, they're involved in a crash and the vehicle goes into the water, uh, they're afraid they cannot get their seatbelt off and therefore would not be able to escape the vehicle. The the problem with both of those scenarios are if you're involved in a crash and you're knocked out because you hit the windshield, um, it's really not going to matter. And, and that's what normally happens in crashes when people are uh, not restrained. They're either ejected or they hit uh, the windshield and they're not unconscious. And if you think about it, if the vehicle catches on fire or if you're in uh, a body of water and you're not unconscious, you're not going to survive that. So that's that's some of the reasons you'll hear uh, from people that you know they, they just choose not to wear the seatbelt. With that being with that being said, I think our seat a seat belt um, rate uh, as far as people actually being restrained is a lot better than it was back you know back years ago. Uh, we do have it's a mandatory law now. Uh, primary law you have to wear the seatbelt. everyone in the vehicle has to be restrained uh, so we don't see it as much but unfortunately people still choose not to be restrained and unfortunately we see children that are not properly restrained
1: i want to go back to one thing you said Mississippi is so rural and we have so many beautiful trees. <laughs> Just ask anybody in the pine belt. Isn't isn't one of the problems with not wearing a seatbelt is you if you got ejected and you know there's a tree or something there. What about getting ejected?
0: well is what a lot of people do not realize let's say for example you're traveling in a vehicle the vehicle is going 75 miles per hour your body inside that vehicle is also traveling 75 miles per hour and you're restrained the vehicle runs off the roadway collides with the tree it's going to come to a stop very quickly as we well know and if you're restrained your body's going to come to a stop also now it's not it's not going to feel good you're, you're going to have significant bruising from the seatbelt, but you will come to a stop. You will be restrained. If the vehicle is traveling 75 miles an hour, runs off the roadway, collides with a tree, and your body is not restrained, your body is still traveling 75 miles per hour, good possibility you're going to be ejected out of the vehicle, which chances are you're not going to survive the ejection. Something else people do not realize. Let's say you're not you're not ejected, but you're bouncing around inside the car because you were not restrained, uh, like a human pin uh pinball, and there are people inside that car. Let's say they're restrained, but you're not, you can still take everyone's life inside that vehicle because you're bouncing around. A lot of people don't know that. We try to educate people on that. We, we have had parents, Liz, that were not restrained in crashes. Their children were. But since the parent was not restrained, they were thrown inside the car, and they landed on top of their child, taking their child's life. So very important to make sure everyone in the vehicle is restrained.
1: Well, and that's why we wanted to have you on the show today. Major John Polis from the Mississippi Highway Patrol is our guest. We are not able to take your calls today, but uh, you can just sit back and listen to this uh, great information. Uh, Major Polis, you know, talking about seatbelts and kids, I imagine... You know, things have changed from when my kids are now in 20-something, and things have changed since then. So for the folks who are maybe getting into being grandparents, remind us about car seats and ages and when they sit in the back and all of that stuff.
0: Well, you know, it's funny you brought that up about grandparents. I'm a grandparent myself, and um, I've got a, I've got a, a story about a, an actual grandparent that came through a checkpoint and he actually had uh, his granddaughter in the vehicle with him, and she had her seatbelt on, but he did not have his seatbelt on. And he just basically told me, he goes, Trooper, I'm not trying to be rude. I got a lot of respect for what y'all do, but I've never worn the seatbelt, and I don't plan on starting today. And I just kind of looked at him, Liz, and I said, well, sir, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and preach to you. I'm just going to tell you what time to contact this number on this citation to find out how much you're going to pay. Right. And he kind of stopped and he goes, oh, oh can we talk about it? And I said, yes, sir, we can. Is that your Is that your granddaughter with you? Yes, sir, it is. Any reason why she has her seatbelt on? Yes, sir, would be glad to tell you. I, I would not want anything to happen to her. I, I, I couldn't live with myself if something happened to her and her parents would kill me if something happened to her. I said, I understand that, sir, but did you ever think about if you're involved in a collision and you're struck head on or from the side, you're not restrained, but you fly across the seat, you land on your granddaughter and you take her life? Now, Liz, I'm telling you, you would have, you would have had to have been there. I promise you, I got his attention because, as with a lot of people, they do not think about that. They just do not know the dynamics, of, you know, when it comes to physics of what we see in traffic crashes. I, I want to make sure I told you that, that story because it's so significant whenever people hear things like that of what happens out there every single day. And, and again, our mission is just to promote traffic safety make sure everyone is seat belted in well
1: yeah I try to be a, an aware person and I had never heard of that I am very very glad that uh, that you shared that about the, the what you told the granddad
0: and, and, I, and I'm sure you could tell I could see it in his eyes I mean I, I think I actually got him emotional because he never thought about that and, and it's it's the same thing whenever we have to make knocks on the doors of, uh, of families to, to have to tell them their loved one is not coming home uh, due to losing their life in a tragic crash you know and it, it's for me it's the worst part of my job because i still do that i still have to make notifications and and it's very frustrating when we have these types of crashes that are preventable this this type of loss of life is preventable but we just have to have good decisions by the modeling public
1: yep Yep. Now, now, what about uh, kids in the back seat, and, and how long do they need to stay in booster or safety seats?
0: Now, if they're four years and older and they weigh 65 pounds, they can be in a booster seat. If they're, they do not weigh 65 pounds or if they're under the age of four, they have to be in a child restraint system.
1: Okay. Excellent to know. And after that seriousness, let's kind of go with a with a silly one. Here's a silly one. Barron on Facebook asked if the Highway Patrol still uses 10 codes. Do you 10 do for and whatever else secret codes?
0: Oh, we'll still use 10 for every once in a while. There's, there's a, lot of, um, a lot of new things that we have in place uh, to help serve the public. Whenever it comes to um, our, our radios, our communication devices, so y- you'll hear you'll hear ten four hear a pretty good bit in our radio traffic.
1: All right, but uh, but the rest is kind of secret code.
0: <laughs> well, just, there's a lot. There's just a lot. But you know, to answer the question, do we still use ten codes? That we do.
1: Can you? Can folks still? Legally or illegally purchased scanners, can they still hear the talk from cruisers?
0: Uh, that I would think so. I know people, scanners are still out there. Um, you know, technology's come a long way. There's a lot of there's a lot of information that goes over the radio, the airways, and everything, Liz. To be honest with you, it has to be secure, right? You know, for for a number of reasons right um it's just and it is strictly for public safety
1: I understand and and, uh, and whatever you want to do to keep me safe <laughs> I agree with that we are thankful for his service and the information we're getting from officer polis from the Mississippi Highway Patrol what is an unreliable car not to buy that's next you're listening to autocorrect on MPB think radio
0: contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think "Eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things listen to Fix It 101 podcast everywhere.
1: Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash cartag. We'll see you on the road. Thank you for listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio i'm liz gill oh my buddy allison walker the lady auto mechanic couldn't be with me today but uh, we hope that you've downloaded our app For your smartphone, it's the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. Contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. Thank you for your support and contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Now, Consumer Reports gave the label Never Buy to 30 used cars. Today, we're gonna caution you about the Ford Focus. And even though it was the world's best-selling car as recently as 2013, when it posted back-to-back wins, Following that era, the popular compact hit a wall of terms of reliability ratings. Hit a wall in terms of reliability ratings. Consumer Reports recommends you pass on this car model in years 2012 through 2016 if you're buying used. Transmission issues weighed heavily throughout that period. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI in Indianapolis. He's also on YouTube, Auto Casey. And his review this week is on the Toyota Sienna minivan. Long live the minivan! I say. We are talking with Major John Polos from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. We're so glad that you're taking some time to be with us. Um, it's during. It's, we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving, so we can't take any calls. But we did have some listener emails and some uh, listener questions on Facebook here is one this one is from zach he emailed i've heard stories of how having a dash camera can be useful for proving who is at fault in the event of a collision are dash cams legal in mississippi for people who are not law enforcement if so do they need to be mounted in a certain way and lastly do you think ordinary drivers should have one in their vehicle major polis what do you think about that
0: well, I can tell you, Liz. There's a lot of companies, uh, not only in Mississippi but across the country, that are using dash cams for that 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 reason. Uh, if, if the driver is involved in a crash, a lot of times they actually you can see the driver. Uh, the company wants to know if they're falling asleep at the wheel. Um, so, to answer this question, if you've got a dash cam, and I don't know the the complete ins and outs of what dash cams. Are uh, available that the, the consumer can go out and purchase. But to answer his question of whether it would play a role uh, if they're involved in a crash, I would think so. Uh, and, again, that's why a lot of companies are using th- that type of technology when it comes to crashes.
1: Excellent to know. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go with another one. Uh, Helen on Facebook asked, are there any female Highway Patrol officers in Mississippi?
0: Yes, we actually have 11 uh, that are sworn troopers uh, throughout the entire state, and we're warning more. Uh, we're we're going to start trooper school at the end of February, and, and we're hoping to have more female cadets in, in school.
1: Fantastic. Join the highway patrol and see the state. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Here's another one, kind of silly. Uh, Brandon on Facebook asked, what's the top speed of your fastest police cruiser? And he says, asking for a friend.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think we would have to, to, to defer to the manufacturers on that. Um, we, we deal with different, you know, a couple of different manufacturers when it comes to the vehicles that we use, and as far as the specifications regarding speed, uh, I, I would I would refer to the uh, manufacturers for that for that information.
1: There you go. There you go. Um, let's ask uh, another one. Um, Ruth on Facebook asked what should someone do if they are traveling alone on a dark highway and get pulled over i know the answer is to get to a well-lit area but i recently was pulled over by a highway patrol and was harassed when i didn't pull over immediately and went to a well-lit gas station i tried to report it but the woman i spoke with at highway patrol was less than helpful so what uh, if you feel like you're a vulnerable individual and uh, a car with flashing lights comes up behind you at night, what, what should you do?
0: Well, it's a good question, Liz. And, and what matter of fact, I just addressed this today. Um, if, if you feel that you're in a location that is not safe, safe as far as a traffic stop and you have a law enforcement officer behind you uh, with blue lights on, Attempting to make the stop, but you're not comfortable with stopping in that location, the first thing you need to do is to put your flashers on. Turn your hazard lights on. That way, you are letting the officer know, you're acknowledging that the officer is behind you and that the officer wants you to stop. And then the adrenaline, keep in mind, there's adrenaline on both sides, an adrenaline rush for the motorist that's being stopped and for the officer, because the officer does not know what the situation is. If this vehicle is not stopping, then the officer is wondering why. Why is this vehicle not stopping? So there's a lot of dynamics that are in place with this. So... Again, if you're not comfortable with stopping in this, in this location, turn your hazards on and then proceed to a location you feel comfortable. Now, we always tell people that doesn't mean you keep traveling six miles down the road. Uh, you know, even with, with your hazards on, uh, there comes a point you've got to make a responsible decision to, to stop. So again, first thing, if you're not comfortable, if it's not a lit, if it's not lit, the location is not lit, turn your hazards off. That You're letting an officer know you're acknowledging that they're behind you wanting to make a stop, and then proceed to a safe location.
1: Fantastic. That is excellent. That's excellent to know. All right. Um with the holidays, unfortunately, or, you know, I don't know, people like to celebrate. I don't know how much celebrating is going to be going on in November and December of 2020. But what is your advice or suggestions for folks to ask themselves if they think they're safe to drive if they've been having maybe a drink or two? Well,
0: I can tell you, Liz, talking about 2020, Um, what we've seen we've seen an increase in DUI arrests and that could possibly be because of what we've dealt with in 2020 Uh, you know with COVID and just a lot of different uh, uh, situations but it's behind the wheel is not the time and place for that And, and during the holidays as you well know we definitely see an increase in impaired driving. Look it's, it's too easy to have someone get behind the wheel of that car and drive for you, a sober designated driver. And, you know, you heard me put emphasis on sober designated driver. We have a lot of cases uh, that we've been involved in. Somebody uh, volunteered to be the designated driver, but they were impaired as well. They just thought they were okay. And, and that's the thing. It's not it's not worth, you know, taking the chance of of going out, thinking you're okay, getting behind the wheel, and being involved in a crash where you're injured, you lose your life, or you take someone else's life. So, again, make sure you've got a sober, designated driver in place if you're going to partake in the festivities during the holiday period.
1: Excellent. I, I always wish that... Uh... You know, bars would give you know free cokes, a free sweet tea for whoever the designated driver is.
0: Well, you know, and, and again, I mean, we we have to we have to look at these things um, uh, when we see an increase in DUI arrests. We, we we look at that uh, and try to figure out what what is going on, why is this happening, and and good people make bad decisions all the time. And, and for us with the Mississippi Highway Patrol, our mission and our responsibilities are to keep, tr- keep educating the motoring public when it comes to these types of decisions. Let's say, Liz, you're not involved in a crash where uh, injuries or loss of life occurs, but let's think about the consequences. Number one, your vehicle is gonna be towed. You've got expenses with that. Number two, you're gonna be transported to jail. You're going to be booked in. And a lot of people do not realize that when you're booked in to, to, to the jail system, that is public record. That is public record where anyone that can get onto the jail docket and they can look at the arrest records of, and see the pictures and what they were arrested for. Okay? The next thing, if you are found guilty of the DUI and your license are suspended for 90 days, how are you going to get back and forth to work? A lot of people do not think about that, and, and they do not take those, those situations uh, or that information, you know, they just don't think about it. And, but it happens. It happens every single day. So my question is, is it worth it?
1: How are some ways, uh, other than coming on MPB's AutoCorrect, what are some ways you and the Highway Patrol do educate people about well, drinking yeah. and driving?
0: Again, the Public Affairs Division, that is our mission, to go out and educate um, you know, our teenagers, our college students, uh, the motoring public. We, we do a lot of pres- presentations throughout the year to bring attention to what happens whenever bad decisions are made behind the wheel, the consequences uh, that, that people do have to deal with. Unfortunately, the number of deaths that are encountered in Mississippi and across this country every year that are caused by bad decisions. And, and, and again, we can't be successful if we, we do not have the buy-in from the motoring public, this is a joint, uh, a collaborative effort, which will law enforcement and the motoring public to be successful.
1: And we certainly, we certainly want that to to happen. All right, we are going to take our last break of the show. We're learning about the Mississippi Highway Patrol today. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you have missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.com. Dot .mpbonline.org I'm Liz Gill. Uh, the lady auto mechanic Allison Walker who is ASE certified wasn't able to participate on this show today. Our guest for the show is Major John Polis from the Mississippi Highway Patrol. We're recording this the day before Thanksgiving, so we aren't able to take your calls. But we have had lots of good questions from emails, from listeners, and from uh, Allison's Facebook page, which you can follow her as Allison Walker or as the Lady Auto Mechanic. Now, what's in the news? Uh, Their uh, Consumer Reports has listed the 10 most and least reliable 2021 cars trucks and SUVs now the top three are the Toyota Prius and Allison has a Prius and likes it quite a lot number two is the Lexus NX and third is the Buick Encore the least reliable top three the number one is the Chevrolet Silverado uh, GMC Sierra 1500 And I think we get a Silverado question, Major Polis, we get a Silverado question every single week. (laughs) Somebody Silverado isn't working right. Now, the uh, number two is the Subaru Ascent. Allison has talked about uh, Subarus before, Um, you know, they're a a fine brand. There are usually front-wheel drive cars, which really isn't needed in Mississippi too much. And number three is the Volkswagen Atlas. And while Allison is the car expert, I've not even ever heard of a Volkswagen Atlas. Major Pullis, we're so glad that you are here with us today. You know, we've talked about some, uh, you know, great things about this, the holidays. We've talked about seatbelts. We've talked about uh, drinking and driving. But let's just talk about regular driving skills. That you know, In driver's ed, they call it defensive driving. What are your suggestions for folks?
0: Well, Liz, I can tell you that you know, we know the motoring public Uh, to a point gets desensitized about hearing about the traffic crashes during the holiday periods, the number of DUI arrests um, that we have. Well, one of the things that we emphasize when it comes to driving in general is defensive driving. And let's say that you're, you're the type of person, you do everything, you try to do everything right when it comes to operating a motor vehicle. Well, the defensive driving is so important, especially during the holiday periods when we're dealing with a lot of excess traffic. You have to be focused on the roadway. And the defensive part of that is always being aware of your surroundings, watching your mirrors, know what vehicles are behind you know what know what vehicles are next to you if you're dri- traveling in the right hand lane and you want to enter into the left hand lane you've got to look in that mirror to make sure that lane is available and it's it's not being occupied by another vehicle that's defensive driving uh, another thing where distracted driving presents so so much of a problem and it's it's just as dangerous or more dangerous than impaired driving now because of the number of crashes that we see with this But, for example, if you're looking down at your phone uh, or anything inside the vehicle that diverts your attention from the roadway and you did not see that impaired driver that has crossed the center line and is in your lane, now we're talking about a head-on collision where loss of life can occur. That's where defensive driving is so important. In today's world, to help prevent these crashes,
1: they sell so many gadgets and gizmos now. I, you know, I can't even believe the DVD players and whatnot that are—I guess DVDs. That's that's <laughs> thats twenty years ago. But uh, all of the entertainment screens that they have that could uh, distract a driver.
0: Oh, absolutely, and we see it. We see it all the time that, you know, there's just so much goes on today's society that we rely on so many different things. We've got so many responsibilities. And basically, the cars are driving themselves to a point. And, And that's where we have to maintain the focus, again, of just making it from point A to point B.
1: Well, even the cars that uh, seemingly drive themselves, they do not drive themselves. I don't think they have any cars yet that do drive themselves, and the drivers do need to uh, be awake and uh, pay attention. We get a lot of... uh, you know, truck drivers who listen to AutoCorrect. Mississippi has so many interstates going north and south and uh, east and west. What is your advice to truck drivers on, uh, you know, staying awake and staying alert?
0: Well, first of all, I'd like to thank all the truck drivers that are out there every day and every night, uh, working hard to to, to to bring supplies and, and goods and equipment to, to these companies across the country. We know what, how big a role they played uh, during COVID uh, of trying to get um, PPE to certain locations. So uh, I definitely want to take this time to thank each and every one of them for, for what they do on a daily basis. But I also like to let them know that we do our best when it comes to educating the motoring public on the the responsibilities a truck driver has when they're driving these massive, we all know how big 18-wheelers are. And 18-wheelers just don't get stopped on a dime list. And and a lot of people that are out there uh, sharing the interstates and sharing the highways with these trucks do not realize that. They have to give these trucks enough space uh, as far as to be able to stop. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I've I've driven, I've driven some 18 wheelers. They're not fun uh, to drive. I drive a 37 foot motorhome, and and it can be very complicating and nerve wracking. So, uh, for the truck drivers out there, I just want them to know we do our best to educate the motoring public. Um, when it comes to what their responsibilities are when they encounter, you know, the big rigs on the highway systems. For the truck drivers, they pretty much well know what they're responsible for Liz, And when it comes to when they start getting drowsy, uh, we see a lot of the trucks that they know that is their responsibility to, to find a safe location, uh, if they're tired, they're, they know they cannot drive if they're drowsy. We have a lot of crashes. When people fall asleep at the wheel, an 18-wheeler, you do not want a driver that's falling asleep at the, at the wheel carrying that, uh, a huge load traveling 70 miles an hour down the interstate systems.
1: You know we've we've got just about a minute left, and to also talk about uh, the little tiny ones, the motorcycles. What should motorists remember if they're driving and they notice they notice a motorcycle?
0: Well, mainly the main responsibility falls on the motorcycles because a lot of people just they don't see vehicles, much less motorcycles. So, and I've, I've owned a few motorcycles in my time. Also, uh, you have to be aware that people just do not see you. Uh, wear re- as much reflective gear uh, that you can wear if you're gonna if you're gonna ride at night. Make sure all your lighting devices on the motorcycle are 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 in good operating condition. Uh, make sure your horn is working. Uh, and, and again, as a motorcyclist, you have to know that the motoring public they're not looking for the motorcycle they're looking for a car they're looking for a truck Um, so and to maintain you know to to be uh, cognizant of your speed a lot of times we have excess speed with with people that are riding motorcycles and again it's hard to see that small object uh, if you're stopped at an intersection, Liz, uh, and, and, and we, we investigate a lot of crashes with motorcycles where people just pull out in front of the motorcycle. So, again, the, the people that are riding the motorcycles, they know they've got a lot more responsibility and, and the defensive driving part, I guess you could say, and, and riding a motorcycle.
1: All right. Well, goodness that is gonna wrap us up for autocorrect thank you major polis thank you so much for talking with us today
0: thank you for having us liz i enjoyed it
1: for allison walker who you can follow on facebook twitter and instagram as the lady auto mechanic i'm liz gill man we hope that you will join us each thursday at 10 a.m central for autocorrect on mpb think radio